I truly believe if somebody comes to be part of our team, we've done, we obviously do our due diligence, that we believe in this person's gonna be successful. We're not just throwing bodies up against the wall and hoping they stick. Nothing frustrates me more than people that believe they're salespeople and they're only going price. Yeah. Oh, well, you're not a salesperson. You're a quote maker. You're not even giving a proposal. You're just throwing a quote on a sticky note and throwing it across the bow. Um, if you're selling on price, you better hope you got the best price. I break it down to the individual, which is the best way to do a KPI, because every individual is going to be a little different. I've never had two salespeople exactly the same. No. A lot of organizations struggle with this probably as, as they grow as well, is they think they can put everybody in the same box and say, sell this way. You know, you don't need to be the Wayne Gretzky here, you know, scoring 50% of your shots or some crazy number. You need to be able to achieve the goal and find out what your KPI is so you can exceed your goal. Thank you for calling Versager. Putting the fun day back in your Monday. Your Audible Investment is our weekly source of information, inspiration, and innovative discussions with some of Canada's best and brightest. Embrace the raw, enjoy the real, and capitalize on our conversations. Welcome to Workplace Evolved, brought to you by Versature. Following graduation from Northeastern University in Boston, Massachusetts, where he studied sociology, Kenny Gibson came back to his hometown of Ottawa. Unsure of where to begin in life, but confident in his ability to connect with others, he took a chance on a sales job with the Ottawa Senators. After finding immense success in that career, Kenny then set his sights on the tech world and more specifically the sales aspect to the business-to-business -business technology, which would eventually lead him onto Team Versature. While here, he's been able to hone his craft and perfect his skills as an expert in a SaaS model business-to-business high-performance sales organization. Welcome back to the conversation here on Workplace Evolve. My name is Hartley Parents. It's a new month, and uh, this month we are connecting with people to talk about keeping the wind in your sails, an in-depth look at the development and evolution of high-performance business-to-business sales organizations. Joining me in the studio today, I've got our very own Kenny Gibson. He's our Director of Sales here at Versature. Welcome to the show, Kenny. Thanks for, uh, for joining us. Thanks, Hartley. Um, we're going to just launch, before we launch into the questions, I always like to get a little bit of background info on our guests for the show. So uh, do you want to maybe tell our listeners a bit about your, uh, your humble beginnings, your trajectory into uh, sales organizations and uh, how you got to the position you're in today in a, in a quick like five minute spiel, if you will? <laughs> for sure. Probably won't take me five minutes. Uh, no, I uh, graduated university, Northeastern University, Boston, Massachusetts in 2005. Um, kind of that overeducated, not quite sure what to do with myself <laughs> after taking a uh, sociology degree with a minor in crim, and now I'm in sales. Um, I'm one of those people that didn't realize as a salesperson, even though everybody around me said from day one I should be in sales, whether it's you know friends, family, or uh, one individual who's a, a Xerox executive. Uh, that I grew up with his children and uh, <laughs> said I should definitely try it. Uh, so being kind of that lost, um, you know, post-grad student, uh, I was through my um, background in hockey, had some connections, the Ottawa Senators gave me a shot to start doing some sales, which was really grinding ticket sales, things like that, which was a pretty fun job to start off. And 
it didn't take me long to know those realize I was pretty darn good at it with the people what I lacked in uh, experience didn't take me long to pick up really like the technology side of things where I found you know selling consumers and things like that was not all that exciting for me it was just more yes you can work with their personalities and things like that people love buying from people that they they could see themselves having a beer with so it was good there but it was just not that challenging uh, whereas you get into the technology or the B2B sales, which I love, it's always a lot more strategic, a lot more moving parts, and you're learning something every day in tech because the game changes literally every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, landed there, did uh, moved on, did some photocopier sales, which was probably the best sales training I could have ever possibly had. Door-to-door knocking, annoying people. <laughs> back to the root of it, eh? Uh, back to the root of it. Um, that same executive at Xerox told me to go do that for at least a year. And I would never regret it, and I don't, because everything's been easy ever since then. Um, and then got really into the tech things, into the data center, managed service provider world, ISP world, uh, and uh, just kept rolling from there. Kept growing uh, to the point where I landed here about three and a half years at Versager to help grow the sales team uh, in a management director type role, uh, be part of something super exciting, and uh, really enjoying watching the the younger or even newer, whether their age, uh, grow day to day and start killing the numbers. It's pretty fun to be part of. Watching the team that you've helped develop and uh, seeing them do their thing. Yeah, actually watching a few of them, um, you know, outperform what I could possibly do in the role. <laughs> it's pretty cool to watch. Um, it, it's really cool. They come and <laughs> ask you for advice and you turn around and go, well, actually, you probably know more about this than I do at this point. That's a good position to be in, eh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe actually, do you want to maybe just tell our listeners? So we we do the we do the podcast here on Workplace Evolved, and it is of course brought to you by Versature, where we all work under the the same roof here. Whether it's the podcast or the marketing team or the sales team or our provisioning, or you know, I could go through the the list of departments that we have here under the roof. Um, but I just want to maybe just get a bit of uh, an explanation into kind of what what our sales team does here at Versature. What 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 is like our what's what's our mo here for our sales department? Uh the easiest way to start is we're sorting. Um, we have our, our sales development reps, or SDRs. Some company call them BDRs, business development reps, that do a lot of the inbound sorting or filtering. Uh, they do a lot of our prospecting, outbound cold calling, if you will. We believe in warm calling versus cold calling. Uh, so they're finding those opportunities uh, that get over to our product experts, really our closers. Um, and it's their job to close the deals. The difference is, um, whether it's marketing, bringing in those leads, the SDRs cold calling them, or somebody just referring them is we don't believe that we're out here to sell anybody or everything. Um, we really want to sort and find the right fit. Uh, we are not a sales organization, which breaks my heart to say, cause I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm the head of the sales, uh, the figurehead of sales. Um, we take the approach as like, we empower our people, whether it's an SDR, uh, a closer to walk away from deals. So that's why we're so different. Um, just like Verster is, we know not all business is good business. We need to be the right fit for the end client. They need to be right fit for us. Um, and if we don't believe we're going to be successful together, we're actually more likely to say no to the client than they are to us. Um, and obviously, that is that stems from the 15 years Verster has been around, well, well before me, established in the fact that they just won't take on anything. Yeah. Our churn number shows that. We always say we're less than you know 1% churn year over year. Um, but if you actually look at the numbers, or because we've been attracting the right business, signing the right business, 
uh, we're actually over 100% retention uh, because our existing clients are adding more seats than we ever lose. So yes, we're sales, we're closers, but we're definitely a filter system. <laughs> Quality assurance, actually, and maybe that's the best approach. It makes us completely different, whether it's marketing, sales, provisioning, uh, onboarding, uh, sorry, same thing, uh, support or customer success. So in whole, I think the insight we are, uh, especially on because we fall into that telco a little bit, even though we're a software as a service model, we're so different as no, we walk away from business, we're customer success focused. So you come in with us, we're going to ensure that you're successful, which in return makes us successful. Uh, most sales organizations are, let's go out there, let's sell everything we possibly can. Yeah. It's probably one of my biggest challenges with the team is I have some great or great salespeople um, convincing them that it's okay to turn down business. Yeah. It's a really hard thing to do and they know how many dollars they make off that deal. Of course. Making them see the bigger picture. Luckily, you've seen working in Versature is everybody buys into it. It doesn't matter what your role is, what team you're on. Everybody believes it's all about the good business. Yeah. I mean, it Reputation just, is everything. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I mean, if everyone's behind the same goal and the same vision, I mean, that in lines with, you know, everything that we're trying to talk about on this podcast, whether it's, you know, remote work or career development or, um, you know, your corporate culture, that's, you know, it all kind of has to align into one focus. And that's just kind of, you know, the, the follow through of what we're trying to explain here. Exactly. If somebody talks to, uh, you know, uh, somebody who's been here for two weeks and they're an SDR or they're in the provisioning side, the value pitch or the statements they should be saying should be the exact same no matter what department they are mm -hmm. about, you know, versus you're being customer success focused and looking for the right clients or the right partners. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's nice to, it's nice to see that it's, it's, it's a refreshing change, you know, especially when you've been in industries where that is like the last thing that people are all thinking about. Everybody's, you know, individualistic, everybody's looking out for their own skin and, you know, yeah, the bigger the companies are, especially traditional telcos, um, even large software companies, they're all siloed. Yeah. Each department is so siloed. They all say they're not anymore. They're destroying the silo. So they're, they're trying to. They're never going to get there uh, because it's too, so ingrained in the culture that sales will uh, fight marketing. Yeah. There's something unique and blows people's mind all the day. When somebody asks me, who's my boss at Versature? I'm like, well, it's our CMO. It's our chief marketing officer. And they're like, wait, sales reports to marketing? I'm like, yeah, we're on the same page. Our yeah. goal is the same thing. And it's the vice versa of marketing report of sales. What would it doesn't matter? We have the same goal. Yeah. And guess what? When I have to report to somebody in marketing, I, I can't blame anybody. And marketing can't blame sales because guess what? Sales reports to them. All of a sudden, you're on the same team real quick. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think it's when you when you you know not to divert from our conversation here, but like when you separate those goals. You know, and you've got them in separate silos. I mean, everybody has, every department has separate goals. And obviously, regardless of the industry, you know, I mean, we obviously have internal separate goals here. But as a whole, the goals are all, they all lead to the same spot, you know. 100%. And, and that's, you know, that's that's the point of it all. That's how it should be, kind of, you know. I mean, I'm not trying to oversell the company here, and it probably sounds like I am. But, <laughs> you know, I just I just kind of want to get those, get that kind of uh, clarification out. But what, you know, makes your sales team here at Versature different than, you know, other sales teams? And that's uh, that was essentially the long-winded answer to my first question. So, And the short answer is they've bought in. Yeah. They see the value. They see the long-term. They're yeah. not looking just for the instant payout. And it's not even just a buy-in. It's just almost just like a... You know, if, if, if you've worked at other places, like, you know, Kenny's worked at a ton of different jobs. I've worked at a ton of different organizations, and it's not so much just a buy-in. It's just almost like a, 
a, a, a light bulb, a realization that, hey, these guys get it. They, they understand. You know, they, everybody here, we're an eclectic bunch. We've all worked in different organizations. We've all seen how every other company operates. So, you know, with all that collective experience, we can kind of create something that it's just, you know, almost not perfect, but pretty darn close, right? It's created an unreal amount of accountability. Yeah. So that salesperson closes a deal. They try to give as much useful information to hand off to a refrigerating team. Nobody likes sending one across the table that's got some mud on it. Um, and that's because they, they don't want to be that, that person, yeah. that individual. Uh, other organizations, they sign it, they send it off, they have no relationship, yeah. uh, no accountability, and they're just hoping it builds. And if it doesn't build, they blame somebody else. Where yeah. it's here, it's like if it does something didn't build, which is very rare for us, um, it was probably missed in the sales process that we could have caught. And so the accountability is huge and the communication right i mean there's always that level of communication they're always helping. you know you're always there you're always there and, and there's no what ifs or 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 you know waiting for that you know unforeseen you know um problem or, or challenge to yeah. occur if that line of communication is always open and you always have a a direct relationship or rapport with your clients and and, and you know everybody in your organization then you know there it just eliminates that possibility of 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 mess up right exactly so uh fantastic um i will get back into the questions here (laughs) Uh, according to a recent article uh published on salesreadinessgroup.com titled three characteristics of high performing sales teams they say it all starts with improving the quality of sales conversations and as someone who again who's both who's worked in both high level uh, high and low level sales environments um i wonder how much this reigns true in your opinion uh, it's 100% true. Um, if the sales conversation is low level, it's price. Um, if you're selling on price, you better hope you got the best price. Because <laughs> if you don't, <laughs> you have no, you, what are you going to fight? You can yeah. only go so low. Um, we're always constantly trying to improve that conversation by, uh, we, we don't sell phones. Uh, yes, you get a phone with us, <laughs> maybe a soft phone, maybe a physical phone. Um, we don't sell dial tone. We're actually selling a business solution. Um, so you need to intrigue those prospects or those decision makers about, well, what is this business tool you're offering me? So we need to empower, train our sales development people, um, our closers, uh, to drive business conversations through it. Uh, so every time that interaction, whether it's the first interaction with the, the, the SDR or it's the closing conversation with the closer, um, they need to drive huge value to those conversations. If you don't, you're just chasing price and nothing frustrates me more than people that believe they're salespeople and they're only going price yeah. oh well you're not a salesperson you you're a quote maker you're not even giving a proposal you're just throwing a quote on a sticky note and throwing it across the bow um salespeople successful high-performing salespeople are the ones that actually talk business show value in business and show where their um, company not just their solution how their company can help an organization grow streamline um, or figure out things they're not even aware they're missing my hands are tied or not something you often probably hear with, you know, high performance sales organizations, right? You know, they, they look for the solution yeah. at the end of the day. That's that, that is their, yeah. their, their role. Uh, exactly. And they right away, something we do versus all the time when people are like, well, how do your prices compare? Well, we're not cheap because we're not a cheap solution. Um, but if you know, give me 20 minutes of your time, we'll actually talk about what you're trying to achieve in your business. Yeah. We can look at actually how we can help. And at the end of the day, if there's nothing we can do to possibly make your business better, we're not going to waste your time because um, we don't want to waste our time either. But maybe we'll make some recommendations where you should be looking. It's the realization. It's like, hey, we're not the perfect fit for everybody. Some organizations are you know, s- struggling, yeah. and it's all about dollars and cents. No problem. 
um, I would actually argue spend a little bit more money with us and we'll actually help streamline your business and find out a lot of their efficiencies. Um, but you just have to get that realization of, hey, low-level conversations are price-driven. Yeah. There's nothing. Or the feature bashing type things. Oh, drive me crazy. <laughs> value versus price, you know. And, value, yeah. and at the end of the day, I mean, it should always be value because value in the long run will probably save you on price and everything else. So, yeah, it'll possibly save you money. It'll make you money. Yeah. It'll make you more efficient. And that efficiency could, what's the most expensive thing in an organization? The people. Yeah. So if, if I can make one of your employers more efficient and get, I don't know, 30, 40% more out of them, wow, this phone system just paid himself for itself off of one individual because of that salary you're losing every day. Yeah, sure, that person shows up to 9 to 5, but what do they do all day? Yeah. Do they really make those calls? Do they really interact with your customers, save your customers, help your customers out, support them? You think so. They're there. They made 50 calls, but what were those calls? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe they're all voicemails. Great. <laughs> Maybe they didn't leave voicemails. You have to understand what they're doing. Yeah. There's this old trend. It's, oh, that person's so great. They show up on time, stay a little late every day. Well, you know what? Some of my best performers, I don't see that often. But, my God, they're plugged in 24-7. I can press a button and see what they've done all day. And it's no question that's, oh, that's why they're high performer. Yeah. People are like, oh, they need to be here more often. Uh, nope. They're actually putting in probably 10 to 11 hours a day <laughs> versus the person who maybe possibly came into an organization, sits there all day, punches in, punches out, and maybe got an hour of work. Which kind of correlates back to that, you know, the the remote working uh, bit we did here at, uh, at Workplace Evolve, just and talking about you know the technology. I mean, you have you have everything at your disposal now, so there's no real reason that you know to to come into the confines of your you know your brick and mortar and, and say that you have to be here during these times. And that's you know that's when you're going to get your work done. I mean, especially for sales organizations and sales teams. I mean, you guys have all the technology at your disposal to to you know work and you do your best work from anywhere. So yeah, and it's a realization of the organization realizing where their employees actually the most effective for the company, for themselves, happier too. So yeah. I'm happy people <laughs> work a lot harder um, and they put in much better work. Uh, the other thing too is making individuals realize maybe they're not the best remote worker by being able to actually analyze it and look at it with them. Some people believe, oh, I got this freedom, I'm going to work home. Uh, it's going to be great. I personally hate working from home. I get distracted. There's little things that get in my way. Uh, I don't know if it's ADD or whatever it is. Uh, there's some dog hair on the floor. I start vacuuming. Why am I vacuuming? <laughs> Why am I getting distracted by these silly things? Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I, uh, after about one day, um, I work from home for whatever the reason, usually because I live in the country and the commute was terrible or something. Um, I, I almost get lonely. Yeah. I miss, uh, the camaraderie. Yeah. I miss the hustle. I miss the conversations. I miss being in the game. Yeah. Um, we've built a, 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 with my sports background, basically a, a sports team here. It's sales, but it's it's like a sports team is where you have uh, what is it? Uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. Is that the right yeah, word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. FOMO, yeah. FOMO. There yeah. we go. Is you want to be there, you want to know what's going on, and you want to be in the game with your teammates. You want to be ground level. Like so, for me, working from home, bah. It's like being being injured and on the bench, right? You know, I mean, you're, yeah. well, you're not even on the bench. No, you're, you're not you're, even going on the road trip. Yeah, you're, you're not going. Yeah, you know, you're, you're going to watch the game on television yeah. and cheering. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't feel like part of the team, but then there's individuals where they're distracted at work. Yeah, 
you know, they love the water cooler talk and they become distraction of others. <laughs> so it goes both ways. So it's, it's part of uh, the management team or the organization realizing, you know, who's effective working remotely all mm -hmm. the time, part of the time. And you really have to show those individuals where, you know, they're most effective for their own personal growth as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for that, Kenny. Um, cause I think that's that, you know, that's a good kind of, you know, just correlation to the, our previous, uh, previous podcast about working remote and just kind of brings it back together as to other side of the spectrum, obviously, you know, I mean, we've, we, we had, uh, one of our actual sales reps that, that works on Kenny's team here, Tobin Britson talking about how, how he, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's more because of where he lives that he has to kind of work from home. I mean, he is almost, almost an hour away from, from our location here, which, you know, on any decent day is terrible in traffic. So, you know, that's, that's, that's just the reality of things, but you know, he's been in that environment for a while now and he strives in that environment. So, oh, 100%. you know, so that's just that, not throwing that's him, him under the bus, right? So exactly. But he gets less done in the office. Exactly. And, <laughs> you know, I think maybe that's a running joke around here, you know, but, uh, that's, you know, and, and, you know, we, we love to see him, but you know, like Kenny says, he's, he's great at what he does and he's great where he does it, you know? So, and he's that one who gets up, has his morning coffee, uh, you know, helps out with his daughter every morning, gets into it right away instead of driving an hour, hour and a half. If I actually want to pull back when his first call is made till the last call is, his first call is usually almost at 8 a.m. and his last call is 6, 6.30 p.m. That's okay. So not only am I getting two to three hours on the commute back, this yeah. is an individual because salespeople should never be clock people. Get the job done and work as hard as you possibly can to make the money yeah. that you want. Yeah. It makes no sense for him to be coming into the office all the time. I lose man hours. Exactly. You yeah. lose man hours, you're losing potential sales time. Like, I mean, everything that's encompassed in those 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 travel hours, right? And then we can start looking back the other way. It's like, how many deals am I losing this because he's not having quality conversations? Different you mindset, know? right? I yeah. mean, you get up in the morning, you're, you're there for your kids. You know, everything is, it's it's completely different when you're, as opposed to being stressed and like, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to get there? Oh, there's traffic. Oh, there's an accident. I don't know how I'm going to, you know, it's a completely different mind level, right? And this is that meeting, calls a customer, texts yeah. them, says, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm stuck in traffic. It's going to be a good half hour to an hour. Can we postpone? Client goes or prospect goes. Well, I, I don't have time today. Can we reschedule next week? Well, next week something comes in. Lost opportunity. There we go. There it is. Um, how do you measure your uh, your performance when selling a service versus a product? What are your KPIs, your key performance indicators? Specifically in Verster, we obviously have, uh, we believe everything comes down to demos. Uh, we know when we show somebody the product, which is not a product because it's not a physical box, it's a solution, a business solution. Um, we know we're going to close one in three of those. And some people say, oh, every salesperson in the world says they close one in three. Uh, top performing salespeople to me usually close one in four. A hundred percent person usually is like a one in five. Um, but with us, uh, we know when that lead turns into an opportunity and that opportunity is willing to actually sit down, talk business, uh, see what we're actually offering. Um, Sonar is our portal that we show, um, Verster Insights, all our analytics, et cetera. Um, we know we're going to close one in three. So uh, it really comes down to demos. But then you're looking at KPIs. How do we get to those ops to turn to demos? Um, we really have to look into, you know, silly things is like how many touches from the SDRs. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty easy, right? Okay. Well, we know that if they make 50 calls a day, they're going to get one demo. This is three years of data, right? <laughs> it's pretty good. But those aren't straight cold calls. Those are interactions. And everybody's like, wow, usually it's like one in 100 to get that. Well, how, how have you cut that in half? Well, we got this unreal marketing team that scrubs lists, uh, makes these calls from cold to warm, 
and the stuff they're attracting is being sorted as well, right? So there's multiple, multiple KPIs to get there. But I can break it down to each individual's daily, week, month, what they actually have to do to achieve their goals or uh, what I like to see is surpass their goals. All those KPIs. So, you know, X amount of calls for an SDR, touch points to get to, to a demo because there's also emails. So you got to think of those. They get to the demo. I know that our product experts, our closers are going to close one in three because those have been scrubbed and handed over. Unreal number. So predictable. I know we do 90 demos in a month. We're getting at least 30 deals. On a real good month, we get 33. I know exactly what we average on those size. So we'll hit those numbers. So if I break it down to the individual, which is the best way to do a KPI, because every individual is going to be a little different. Of course. That person who starts on the first day, the first thing I tell them is like, yeah, that's 50 calls, get one, but you're new, do 75 to 100, plant as many possible seeds as you can, and those will blossom in uh, 30, 60, 90 days, depending on the deal size. Again, we know exactly <laughs> the size of those. Uh, putting extra work right away until you wrap up, you get better speech. So that individual's, you know, doing a lot higher volume. And then we get into the senior, the veteran, if you will, if we're talking sports, um, who's doing it in about 30 calls. And then you have that 30. It's like, well, you can get one demo on 30 calls. Why not make 50 and go for that second one every day and double your commission? Perfect. These individuals need to know at the stage of you know their career or even stage of Brewster, how early or how long they've been here, uh, what their product and expertise uh, knowledge is with our solutions knowing what those KPRs, what they need to do, not just daily, but like in the morning versus afternoon, mm -hmm. that week, and know themselves inside. I gave them a template. This is the minimum that you're required to do. You should be able to achieve on this once you, you know, have real good grasp of what we were trying to achieve here, and that's usually after about two, three weeks they can start handling those phones after the training, no big deal. They have to start knowing themselves. A lot of people say, well, my KPI is this, 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 and this. They actually don't know. Well, actually, let's sit back, back and see what it is. And it's okay to be like, oh, you know, I've been here five years and I still have to do 50 calls to get one. That's great. You know exactly what you need to do. Yeah. Um, that's management's time. The management, not, I don't remember, like the word, the coaching side of things is sit there and coach and make them realize, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, you don't need to be the Wayne Gretzky here and, you know, <laughs> scoring 50% of your shots or some crazy number. You need to be able to achieve the goal and find out what your KPI is so you can exceed your goal. Yeah run your own business but you got to know your own business as an individual daily weekly monthly quarterly yearly you need to go i always like to do it on the the, the shorter side the da daily or weekly because it's always attainable if i come to you today harley and say hey i need you to make a thousand calls this month it's like, whoa that's a lot of calls <laughs> well that's only 250 a week harley well actually it's only 50 today. it's actually only 25 this morning and you're like oh 25 he calls of those 25 how many people are actually going to pick up five so I'm going to have five meetings. Oh, that's like not even two hours of work. I can follow up my emails, get on my, make it small. Same things when you get to the closers. You need to close, you know, uh, we use annual contract value as their target. You got to close X amount of dollars this year. And you're talking the millions kind of thing. You're, you're like, ooh, wow, that's a lot of money. Well, let's look at it quarterly. Well, actually, let's start looking weekly. So what's that breakdown to in a day? Oh, that's not even a deal a day. Yeah. My, our, our team only needs to close seven deals because we know our average deal size. So it's like, no, no, you're not, you don't even have to close a deal a day. It'd be, you, you want to because you're going to triple your commission. Yeah. But you literally are only closing one deal in every third day and you're winning. And then once you start looking at that, it's like, oh, you go a day or two without a deal. There's no panic. You have a month where it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's a tight month. It's going to be scary. No, no. 
I like, I like my team to be quarterly focused. If you quarterly focus, you do the right behaviors, the KPIs every single day, mm-hmm. follow up, do all the right things. Um, and you're going to do some wrong things too, but you learn from them. You know, you're going to end up winning on that long term. It's all about the long game. Definitely. Definitely. Break down, break it down, Make it simplify simple. the process. Simple. Yeah. You know, make them understand where they're, where they're the best, their ability can take advantage of it, whether it's the personality, their approach, everybody's different. I've never had two salespeople exactly the same. No. A lot of organizations struggle with this probably as, as they grow as well, is they think they can put everybody in the same box and say, sell this way. But like, no, we can drive better conversations. We want them to be factual. We want them, in our case, walk away from business and bad business in the sorting side. Um, we give them templates, but these are not strict hard walls. You know, as long as you're truthful, not selling something that we don't do. No, let's let's let them grow. Let them run their business. You know, yeah. the old saying, you know, give somebody a rope. What are they going to do with it? And you know, the one side's a little creepy to say, but the other one, most people climb mountains. Yeah. Let them run their business. Coach them. Don't manage them. Coach them. Work with them. Um, truly believe in being a player coach in that scenario. Is you know, I'm not that far removed from the day to day sales, especially first year. Everybody wears multiple hats. Um, I love to get involved in the sales part, it's my favorite part. <laughs> Going for the win, of course, scoring goals, right? Who doesn't like doing that? And you help them coach, evolve, get better day to day. Salespeople, they're never just satisfied, it's not just about the money. I, I hear uh, in sales enablement people, people say, oh, salespeople are coin operated, coin operated. I'm like, yeah, we, we like nice things. We, at least we should, right? We want that little extra. It's not about being coin operated only though. They need to evolve, get better. Uh, we've always traditionally looked at that as like, oh, sell more, make more money. That's getting better. No, they need to be challenged in different ways. Yeah. My biggest fear with my top performers ever, whether it's here or anywhere else have been, is the boredom. Those are the ones that are going to churn. I don't think they're going to leave because the grass is green or anything anything like that well we've got obviously a ridiculously good work environment they financially on our sales team do do really well um but if they're bored i always get fearful of that i'm like we need to challenge these salespeople. their need to grow and fully live up to their potential which as humans i don't think we ever do but you need to get a little bit more of that potential day to day year to year yeah stay focused you know, I was thinking as, as you were talking there and I, and I at, the, at the the idea of empowering your staff to be more than just, you know, dollar driven salespeople. And I mean, you know, that that's that should be the fundamental behind any sales organization. But I was thinking, you know, I mean, you, you get your, your staff so, so good at what they do, almost to the point where, like, you know, let's say you're you're selling cars for 30 years. You 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 are the top salesman you you know you sell i don't know how many x number of cars a month and you 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 get your your plaque on 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 that little picture every every single month and every you know everybody looks up to you you're the top sales guy well what happens when that job folds and you have to go find another sales job you've been selling cars for 30 years you've done the one type of sale in the same way for 30 years you can't emulate that into another industry you can't take that uh everything you've learned in, in the car industry and and maybe maybe you can if you've sold the right way but it's doubtful as just you know what i mean i i I just i think that the way you're you're developing your sales team here and 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 i mean i'm sure it happens in other industries all all across the board is is you know it 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 should be that empowerment so that you know they become the best at not just selling but 
you know, like just developing relationships with people and, and really listening to people and understanding their wants and their needs and, and, and how to find solutions for people. I mean, that's at the end of the day is just people helping people. And if you can transfer that and you can, you, you know, you can move that to any job and then, and then you're, you're awesome at that point. Right. Uh, absolutely. There's, yeah. You know, it goes back to the sorting, but sorting, pointing people in the right direction, um, recognizing when the opportunity's not good. <laughs> uh, but it, we're just, we're really as sales professionals, especially the top foreign, we're in the business of people. And it goes back to my earlier statement. It's like, you know, people usually want to buy from somebody they could see themselves having a beer with. It doesn't mean they want another friend out of you, but they want to be like, yeah, I, I respect this person. Their knowledge is good. Yeah, you know, there's 20 other vendors I could look at, but there's, I relate to this person. So you have to be in the people business at the end of the day. Uh, you got to understand people. People, you, you have to be willing to give them the time of day. Um, you can't be that greasy kind of BS type person who's just pretending to be everybody's friend. Yeah. Uh, those types of salespeople burn out real quick. They always come off kind of slimy. And at first people are like, oh, you know, this is a cool person. And, oh, they seem like they really care. And then they sit there going like, why would this person? No, no, they don't. They got an agenda. Yeah. So you have to have that likability. You have to pick up on social cues like crazy. So that, let's take this car salesperson who just killed it for years. They are obviously great with people and interactions at different types of sales. That's going to blow their mind when they have to go sell something else, yeah. uh, especially a B2B or anything like that. But if they're good with people and they know those signals, they know when it's good, um, they weren't greasy, <laughs> uh, they're going to be able to transition no problem. Because one thing you can't teach is personal skills, people skills, if you will. Um, you have to have that in you already. You have to be good with people. The rest of it we can work on and get better. Some people will be better at certain things than others, process, um, knowledge, et cetera, positioning. But the core root is people. Are these, do they understand people? And from there, great. Now do they understand business? And go from there. If you don't have the personal skills, uh, say when we're talking about why I was in sales, everybody around me, when I was a young age, say, hey, you should be in sales, you should be in sales, you're silly not being in sales. And I was, I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. They're all right. <laughs> but it goes back to, it's like, well, why did they think that? And then you start thinking, you know, talking to a friend a few years ago, he was kind of joking. He goes, people tell you the craziest things that they probably shouldn't tell you. They open up to you. Why did they do that? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I did very well in psychology in university. Um, but they just do. And it, I don't, I can't put my eye on it. It's some natural ability of being good with people. So after, you know, talking that with a good friend of mine who's also in sales, start looking at my top performing people. And then I start seeing individuals that have prospects open up to them. Unbelievable. But then the demographic changes. Uh, and now they're dealing with maybe an IT person versus a CEO, um, a young person versus, you know, somebody late in their career. And they're good with some and others not. And then you start laying, wait a second, there's something here. So the top performers start gravitating to the types of people, um, whether it's their job title, mm -hmm. their personality level, male, female, <laughs> yeah. that's also work, uh, introvert, extrovert. Um, yeah, it's amazing. And certain types of people, they know that they're going to do better with and you know knock that deal out of the park. So I was like, oh, this is literally just 
product match.com. It's true. You know, it's, <laughs> it's true. You can pick up on those signals and, and I've worked inside sales. I've worked, uh, you know, executive sales. I've, I've, I've been on the road sales. I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of people and you, you, you instantly pick up on those cues and, and I mean, it can be a, a first interaction. I mean, obviously when you're meeting somebody in person, you, it's easier to pick up on those cues than it is over the phone, but you can hear it in people's voices. You know, it's amazing. The personality you pick up, you, you like, you'd be so surprised as to like, I mean, I'm sure you have a, a vision right now, not knowing what I look like. And I mean, you can go on our website and see any of our posts and you can see my face and then maybe, you know, you can correlate my voice back to my face, but you'd be amazed at, 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 you know, that, that first pick up the phone, you get somebody on there and you can just hear it in their voice, whether they're assertive, confident, uh, you know, apprehensive, all that comes out in your voice. And, and, and if you're, if you can pick up on those cues, you can really not, I mean, use it to your advantage, but use it to, to help the conversation. You know, don't uh, don't take advantage of, you know, the, the, the negative aspect out of that, right? You know, so. No, absolutely. It is a talent on the phone. So I was a face-to-face salesperson up until three and a half years ago. Yeah. So going to a SaaS model, which I definitely want to do because everything's already going this way. Like that, it's just a matter of time. People are not showing up to buy cars at a car dealership. Yeah. They'll want to test drive it, sure, but that car will probably just end up at, front of their house <laughs> and somebody will drop it off they'll go for test drive and yeah. kind of the uber of car sales is this eventually going to be there why why have these huge buildings and everything no no totally I so it was nerve-wracking coming over it's like how am i gonna i've always been a people person how am i gonna pick up on these cues like this is gonna be tough for me took a little bit of transition it's amazing yeah. it's it's still all the same um what you really have to do is the salesperson and the top performers do this all the time their personality still comes through to the other end just like they were sitting there breaking bread together uh, it's that's the person especially with everything going sass uh, or over the phone if you will uh, or video has to be able to make their personality pop out at the other end just like they're face to face and sitting back watching it we're, we're lucky to have uh, quite a few people that have, oh, oh gosh over a decade in more of a sass or telephone sales uh, over the phone sales and it's just so natural for them i would actually argue they're really awkward in person now <laughs> the new generation like they're so well written as well yeah and their communication email um when you when you look at it and it's like all right you read the transcription through it, what they did to you know close that deal or move that deal forward or sort it and you're like wow that's so well written like i could not have done that i'm like it was easier for me to pick up the phone or go see the person and do that um, but it's like, wow, no, they're they're being so concise. They don't want to get anything lost in translation. Um, and they're just so used to it. They're so strong at it. it. It's really awesome to see. Obviously, the younger generation coming up, I don't feel like I'm that old, but I, some days <laughs> looking around the office I do now. Can't help it, eh? Yeah, yeah can't slow down. Um, it, it's really, really impressive. But it does come down to be yourself, that likability, that personality across so the other end hears it yeah. they feel it and then they start opening up developing that human connection yeah and realizing real quick if that person on the other end is never going to open up to you cut your losses hand it to your other buddy to call them because maybe they'll have better luck that's just it right <laughs> yeah. and knowing knowing when it's not going to work and don't yeah. just keep keep shooting for it until it Lots eventually you know, just yeah <laughs> that's just it right Given the uh, the team environment, sorry, the team, we, we kind of just kind of covered this quite a, quite a bit here, but given the team empowerment structure here at Versature, what tips or tools do you recommend to people who are having trouble performing? What works, what doesn't? Uh, it goes back to our KPIs. You really got to keep it simple. Yeah. 
I truly believe if somebody comes to be part of our team, we've done, we obviously do our due diligence, that we believe in this person's going to be successful. We're not just throwing bodies up against the wall and hoping they stick. So we saw something in this individual and they saw something in us that clicked. Why they want to come here. Um, we obviously live in a great country and great city where, you know, we're not their only choice. Yeah. <laughs> We have first world problems, right? Yeah. Like, it's which job to take. <laughs> the not, war for talent. Not right? missing the job. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We are definitely in a war for talent. So that individual, we believe in them. So if they are struggling or taking longer to wrap up, I start looking at it as, okay, take me, for instance. Uh, my management style for that person's not working. So I've always been very pro at hiring people that run their own business, and I'm that player coach. But there are the, some of those people that are going to need more of that um, kick, if you will, yeah. or traditional management style um, I struggle with micromanagement but um, it being effective especially on a long term uh, you can do it for a short term but if that person's improvements are only good when you're micromanaged well you're literally focusing all your time on one individual it's not good for anybody yeah. it's not good it's not scalable uh, so you got to break it back down to the KPIs of that individual all right let me change uh, my stance with this person you know they already know what they need to do day to day let's talk about what is it the pitch is the product knowledge all those things you go through all those things it's still not working okay you really have to get them focused on that day or that morning make it simple every day they'll feel the pressure that's sales they, they can look up at the scoreboard and see that they're on the bottom or they're half the numbers that the other person they're, they get that real quick so break down their day very simple you need to do this x amount of calls this many follow-ups don't don't miss any of the inbounds. Don't, uh, you know, don't show up five minutes late. Stay an extra 15 minutes to clean up your stuff. Don't do emails in prime calling times. So show them times things. Help them. Stay on them a little bit so that they're clean and doing it. More importantly is whatever you work with them in order to get better, you better be able to prove that it's actually making them move that ball forward or move that bar up, if you will. So, Hartley, I need you to actually hit 70 calls today. We're going to do 35 in the morning and 10 an hour, whatever that number works out to be. And we're going to stay on it. And why are you going to do this? You're going to plant this many seeds. I can guarantee if you plant that many seeds a day, 30 days from now, you're going to get X amount. And let's say you're SDR demos from that call from there. Then 60 days, the bigger ones take this. So I set those goals. They start doing this. They start making the calls. The results will take a little bit. There'll be some immediate results. Nice. But the long term, but those results better come because I just told that person if they do this, they will win. Mm. And if they do everything I told them and they don't win, well, I've missed something on the management side to help them get a knowledge, product knowledge, or everything and be confident. Um, and if they don't do it, they're going to lose all faith. So they do all this volume, all these, keep, all these calls, and they never, those, getting where those wins, they're supposed to be 30 days after that. And they don't happen all confidence that employee's done because they're like, I just did double amount of work and got nothing out of it. This is impossible. They lose faith in themselves. They're done. So it's not just them. They got to believe in what, what you're preaching to them. Yeah. Um, and it has to fall through and it has to show up or they'll just burn out or leave on their own. Um, and, and to be honest, after giving that much time and effort into an individual um, and helping them, giving them all the training, everything they need, get them really focused on the day-to-day -day little things that'll make them grow as a salesperson, run their own business eventually. Because again, the goal is not to micromanage people and continue to micromanage people as long as that's not efficient. It's, you gotta push them that way for a while, 
but they have to grow into a point where as a salesperson, they're going to be running their own business. They know their own KPIs. I don't have to tell them. They tell me what their KPIs are. I know what they are all the time, but they need to be watching that. If they ultimately fail in that, well, you got to start asking yourself, mm, is this a fault or did I actually hire the wrong person? That's usually a problem. Yeah, I got to look at it as, you know, was it me, the team lead? We failed somewhere. The failure might have been we just, it was a wrong fit and unfortunately it didn't work or that person didn't want to be in sales, whatever. That's easy to say. Like that person shouldn't be in sales. That's a nice little, you know, oh, well, you know, we tried. Yeah. Easy. And then if you let's dig into it and be like, wait, my style didn't work for them. Um, we recognized that early. Well, should have done something right away. So it could have been that. Maybe we waited too long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always the salesperson. There's some great ones that, yeah, it is. But even if it's a salesperson, totally wrong fit, uh, doesn't fit into the culture, disruptive, sub- insubordinate, like just, just awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, is that really their fault? Or why did I hire that person? Well, or we, really. Yeah. Because nobody hires anybody blindly here. Uh, it's a team thing. So it's it's like, yeah, you got to self-reflect. And it's like, yeah, they, we can help that person get better and everything. And ultimately, if they don't, we probably missed it in the first conversation we had with the months or years before. There it is, right? Years. Yeah. <laughs> Usually yeah. if it's not fit, it shouldn't last that long. But kind of has to be carefully or strategically um, not thought out, but like not you got to learn. The, the individual needs to learn, and so do yeah, we yeah. from every situation. Just, yeah. The goal is never to have people fail. It's not like, hey, let's throw 10 bodies. This is, this is what I learned in the photocopier world or the traditional telco. Let's just throw a bunch of bodies at it. Yes, they give you training. <laughs> Realistically, sink or swim. First year in the photocopier world, quite a while ago now, they had 300 sales jobs across the country. They had 100% turnover. So obviously not the same turn, uh, territory yeah. turnover, but it's like, wait, is the company doing that bad no company's doing great top guys were killing it oh they just don't care let's just keep throwing bodies until <laughs> until they stick and we'll just keep doing it yeah rinse or wash repeat right make them realize the little things they need to do each day but don't blame them if they fail yeah some people will get in their own way and they could have done better you got to start looking at each other like hey our hiring process how did the how did this individual who could be a great person and being here why are they failing so easy as humans to say, oh, it's that, that person's fault. Somebody lied to them and we lost that deal because somebody's lying to them. Do you actually know that or did we miss something? Yeah. Did we miss an opportunity? That individual failed. Well, maybe I didn't give that individual enough time and effort to get them ramped up. You know, Maybe I did throw them to the wolves and they just got overwhelmed and they didn't achieve. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, worth a <laughs> culture. Blame somebody else. Somebody else's problem. Somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no. Eh. At some point you got to look around and go, yeah, you know what? Maybe they wouldn't have been the you know the top sales performer, but if they're a good fit, smart individual, uh, we believed in them. We've given them the right time and effort, and able to adjust slightly. You can't completely change your sales process; it's not scalable to help them to achieve. Um, if you're not able to do that, you, you got to start looking at yourself, going, "Okay, we did something wrong real early. Something fell through the cracks. Yeah, we're yeah. missing something," and usually. I think my favorite story is uh, if you can't pick pick out the crazy person on the bus, guess what? You're the crazy person. You're the problem. Yeah, it's true. Eh? <laughs> so it's something I'm doing. If if we had, l- luckily we don't. Uh, luckily, well, I don't think it's luck. I think it's hard work and yeah. focus is why we don't have high turnover. 
and we don't have crazy people on the bus here. Yeah, we're all. Well, we're all. We're all. We're that's all. that's just it. Actually, we're all that person. Yeah, that's yeah. that's part of the problem now. Well, I can point out at least six crazy people <laughs> out that door right there, but in a fun way. <laughs> of course, and that's that's a good thing. That's why we all get along so well. What is normal? <laughs> so true. Um, I was going to ask, uh, what are your best ways to motivate or empower your team? But you kind of just kind of covered the, all that. So, uh, I can move on to my very last question here for you, Kenny. Um, can you provide your three or more? Um, I was going to say three, three is a good, you know, round number, odd number, uh, for improving uh, sales performance or to ensure success. I mean, I, I know it's, it's not exactly like a, you know, a, a, there's a recipe for success, but you know, yeah, sometimes there is, you know, I mean, at least there, there definitely yeah, is yeah. Uh, a good way, you know, a little bit of culture fit. Yes. Uh, high morale. Fun. Fun's a big part of that. You got to have fun. We're not saving lives. There's probably some salespeople out there selling solutions that save lives. Yeah. Ultimately, though, that salesperson uh, didn't build it. Nope. They don't support it. They don't use it in surgery. They're educating a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I think salespeople really need to really focus on being educators so in our world educating people on business, mm -hmm. selling uh, pharmaceuticals, educating people on mostly doctors, on uh, life-saving type stuff. Sure, so that's kind of life-saving, but none of us are saving lives. No. Yeah. Um, so have fun with it. You know, I, I do feel the best salespeople put a lot of pressure on themselves. And my job to, you know, let them take a deep breath, you know, help them see through the, the negatives and positives. So, yeah, it's uh, the culture fit, the having fun, uh, once you're having fun, the morale is unreal. I like to take everything again back to not all of our salespeople were athletes by any means, um, but I like to take back what I learned, you know, up until 25 playing uh, very, very competitive hockey, that kind of locker room camaraderie, so, uh, and believing in something. So, and the competition, you need competition, actually, probably the biggest part of the recipe. We have this unbelievable person on our team. It's been here for eight years, Brian Vaughn, who was the sole salesperson just triaging everything and killing it and he kills it more and more every year he's, he's one of those people you don't even manage the guy uh, like well, maybe he manages ego you're right you just feed him like give him some more ego chips keep going man and uh but he's, he's not egotistical at all you just ha you need he's our rock star all right let's everybody's got that you need to have it where somebody's chasing him or just beating him a little bit we brought in another individual a couple of years ago. High, high performer. No telecom background, but gets business and picked up on this real quick. Brian doubled his output. And it's, I didn't do it. I literally did nothing. I just, Brian do, I'm leaning on Brian all the time, whether it's to get numbers, product knowledge, help help other teams out. The guy's just a great team player. Yeah. A captain, if you will, in a locker room. And then all of a sudden, you know, the guy's older than him, but you know, the new young talent comes in and starts pushing them, pushing them. Well, yeah, Brian's results are still going through the roof. You need to have that competition in there, but it needs to be a respectful competition. Football is probably a good sport for this. You practice, what, 95% of the time and play once? So you're competing against your own teammates. You know, you're beating each other up. You're really pushing for it, but at the end of the day, you have the same goal. Yeah. Um, you respect that other person, and you're winning. So it's not just about winning the deal. It's about beating your best buddy your colleague, staying in front of them, uh, for the junior guys to chase that guy. Yep. It's like, how do I get on top of that podium? You know, I, I might be at 100%, but that guy's 150, 200%. How do I get there? I want to chase this person down. Um, so in that type of whole locker room, right, they're pushing each other. 
you're sitting back as I'd call myself a player coach, being there, having fun with it, making sure they recognize that somebody's nipping at their heels. <laughs> but, uh, you need a whole fit. If you take a locker room and just throw in, I don't know, 10 Ovechkins, what's going to happen? You're going to lose every game 11 to 10. <laughs> Nobody backchecked. Nobody grinded. No. You need a whole dynamic. You have a superstar, a rookie, a backchecker, you know, a grinder. Yeah. And they add all that dynamic. Most importantly, all those personalities have to get along. They have to be fun. You take any sports team, and it's such a ridiculous thing to see these guys making millions of dollars and whining and crying. They say they have a locker room problem, and the you know something's not right, so they have to trade somebody. And you know what? That individual goes somewhere else, and it's a great fit, and the guy starts killing it. And you're like, well, well, how can he do that? Because the dynamic was off. Yep. It wasn't that they're bad people. You know, they just wasn't there. It wasn't their cup of tea. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the right you fit. You have to have that right fit. Yeah. Uh, you can't have all superstars. Um, Everybody's like, oh, it'd be amazing if you could. I'm like, you'd have a nightmare. If you had all 200% people, you know, you know, they'd be turning, whining, crying. It would be ugly. You need top to bottom, a new person, veteran, everybody chasing the same goal, which is the, the organization's goal, to ultimately hit that number. And when you're a little behind, you can see it with our team. People just start finding every little deal to get in, get that number up as a team helping out that individual that's struggling, um, challenging each other. So Almost like uh, know your place within the team too, you know? Yeah, you're Wolfpack, right? Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> and, and I keep, you keep saying this, and I can't, I'm like constantly picturing the hockey rink, and I'm like, I'm looking at like yeah. lines of, 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 you know, of players, and you know, you've, you've got your, your starting line and your, your second line, and, and I'm thinking of like, well, let's take like the past year, for example, in the Vegas Knights, and they had like this, every line was, almost the same amount of, of skill level. And that's Everybody what you knows want their role. with your organizations. Right? Everybody I mean, knows their role. They yeah. love their role. They feel valued. Yeah. You know, they're not this grocery stick that is splitting the defense in the forward sitting on the bench. Yeah. The, everybody's contributing one way or the other. And everybody feels that. And then what, what happens? Fun because of the morale's unreal. You're winning. Obviously, that's huge. Yeah. And when you're losing or a little bit behind, nobody panics. Everybody just digs in yeah as a whole and you i'm know? sitting here yeah. and for years watching sales teams ones that you know uh i've not been cocky but been always been a high performance salesperson but i've been on teams that were just oh my god like i can't believe this company's still in business no one's yeah. selling anything uh whereas here i'm watching back and i'm watching my locker room if you will of the team and just like it's a team effort you would almost think walking in and i love because it's always been a goal of mine and i still think we can even do a better job of it the team is chasing one number and that is the for us annual contract value every month every quarter every year one number i don't actually see them or even on my one-on-ones with individuals talking so much about where they're at uh you know where's the team at what do we you know kenny what do we need to get get to this quarter here as a team Meanwhile, this individual is already at 200% in the yeah. month. And they're trying to find, hey, you know, that's a good, maybe I could chase that. I could do a little bit more. Yeah, let's get that. And it's just like, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know what, you win. Makes you smile. Yeah, celebrate more. Celebrate often. And those victories, big or small. And be like, yeah, guys, we won. You know, we hit that number this month, this quarter, that year. Let's celebrate. And, you know, realize, like, pat yourselves on the back. Uh, you know, give that nod of, you know, <laughs> you, everybody knows, you know. Walking down the street, yeah. <laughs> everybody yeah. knows we won. That pride, right? That pride, yeah. 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 You like, 
there's nothing better than being on a championship team. Yeah, that's it. You want you want team players, you know, at the end of the 100%. day. And, and you know, I mean, you, you hear that maybe that's a regurgitated term and it's something that's perhaps cliche in, 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 <laughs> in, in every business environment. But th- th- there's a reason that things are cliche is because oftentimes they reign true. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you don't want individuals selling individual things for individual purposes, for individual goals. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, it's meant to be a team, collective, collaborative environment. And that, that is the, that is the purpose. Um, thank you so much for joining us on Workplace of All, Kenny. Um, I will let you get back to your, your high performance sales uh, <laughs> team here that just outside our door. But uh, before I let you go, I do let, uh, let our listeners know um, ways to contact um, any of our guests. I usually use LinkedIn as a plug because it's a great tool to, to network and connect with people. Uh, Kenny Gibson, K-E-N-I-G-I-B-S-O-N. Right on. Correct. I mean, I'd be silly if I didn't know how to spell your name because I've worked with you now for about six weird. months. But that, that is true. You know, most people don't. Uh, it's, 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 yeah. But I mean, that's that. Hey, that's why we're all unique and, and a bit different. Um, and there is something else I wanted to bring up here. And, and again, and not to, not to plug the company, but we are looking for, uh, for SDRs. Are we not? Correct, we are. We're always looking for dot talent. There's yeah. no doubt. Yeah, whether, I mean, whether we, we whether want to put somebody in the seat or not tomorrow, uh, we're always keeping an eye out. But yes, uh, on our SDRs or sales development reps. Um, so if you know anybody out there, anybody interested in trying the role, it's a great spot for, you know, you've got that great personality. You want to be a team player. You like uh, to learn technology. Um, I'm a true believer. Uh, everybody should have their first job as a sales job, whether they're going to be career sales, because you're going to learn so much about business. Yeah. Uh, so much about yourself yeah. you're going to toughen up your skin and the rest of your life is going to be a lot easier it's so true um so we're looking for individuals obviously with great experience that would be amazing we're looking for individuals and new grads uh people that are just looking for a career change yeah. looking for a new challenge if you're a hard-working intelligent person that uh, loves team atmosphere and likes having fun uh fun work hard play you got, hard you gotta like dogs too we've got lots of dogs yeah, here allergy, so. allergies might be a problem but you know, uh, mine's, mine's hyperallergenic. So we're good. There we go. Yeah, and we've got a few of those too. So you know, just. but yeah, no. Uh, reach out uh, LinkedIn. Obviously, it's the easiest one. Especially just type in K E N I. You're not going to find too many Kennys. No, K E N I. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks again for uh, for joining us here on Workplace Evolve, Kenny. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Early. Cheers, man. Workplace Evolved has been brought to you by Versature Business Phone Solutions. Thank you for listening. Join the conversation next time as we continue to explore the ongoing evolution of the ever-changing world of business and the workplace within that world. From leveraging the right technology to sustaining health, wealth, and growth for the long term, to the gig economy, and everything in between, we cover the content and tackle the topics that matter to you, our listeners. If you like what you've heard and you'd like to learn more about Workplace Evolved, you can always check out our website at workplaceevolved.biz. My name is Hartley Parent, and until next time, Keep evolving, Canada.